Well, we've touched on this angle, the Kennedy Charles remaining at Liberty University angle. Did a lot of that yesterday in the Fast Lane, Fast Lane, Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts, because Kennedy Charles appearing on the Liberty Flame Sports Network produced Flame Central podcast. And, you know, there's a chance to really get into what he said and what he meant, which we'll do very briefly from now. But there's also another reality to this, and that is that when you consider not just the market economic factors, but the reality of a bigger picture of college athletics, it's really about programs being prepared to pivot, to have honest conversations, and to be ready when, I think for a lot of players, NIL is a factor. Heard this commentary on the Cover 3 podcast, which is produced by CBS Sports, of course, and we're a CBS Sports radio station here on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. And it was about a week or so ago, week to two weeks ago, talking about you know, a lot of players used to say, you know what, I don't want to go to the Power 5 program because they didn't have faith in me the way that a Group of 5 program did. So it would not be all that tempting for many back in the day to leave a place like Old Dominion, James Madison, Liberty, or others. VMI, they've been a victim of this in basketball and in football. But any of those. And transfer their way up to the bigger programs. For the smoothness of argument, of course, we'll say Virginia Tech and Virginia. It's not something that realistically a lot of players wanted to entertain back in the day. They wanted the big offers. It never came. So you're not going to get players deciding, oh, I'll go there now. But you know what changes that mindset? Oh, yes, of course. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. In the eyes of Kenny Powers. When money is on the table, it is different. And I've never had that issue with coaches. Look, there are a lot of people that freak out about the concept of name, image, and likeness in the transfer portal. It's here. It's a reality. Find a way to adapt. As Open Doors noted in their study that was released yesterday, 80% of money that goes to college athletics is through collectives. Yes, it kind of sounds like passing the offering plate for collections at church. It's kind of how that operates. 20% of money that goes to college athletes is actually through traditional endorsement deals. But the reality is that's the way the game is going right now, which is why you can consider honesty to be part of the process, and I think it should be. It isn't always the case, but it's the reality. I'll reference a third one. Daniel Jeremiah, Move the Sticks podcast, NFL Network, and I know I listen to all these at double the speed because that way I can also listen to the great shows we have across the Virginia Talk Radio Network. But when I, I work out in the morning, I often don't like to listen to our stations because I start getting very critiquing. Oh, this ad needs to be changed. That needs to be changed. I do that anyway, regularly, so I need a, a little bit of time to disconnect off of it. But Daniel Jeremiah was talking about how there was a coach that was once at a Power 5 program, went down to the Group of 5 program, and mentioned that they were discussing certain players, and the head coach was like, oh, he's going to be with us. And guess what? The coach that just came to the G5 program said, "Uh uh-uh, we already had him on our depth chart at the Power 5 program. And it turned out the player was just waiting to wrap up his courses before he informed the coaches he was transferring and eventually did transfer to said program. So the reality is, is, it's going to happen. you got to find a way to adjust and adapt if you want to be relevant in this day and age. And, and by all accounts, Virginia Tech has done that. Liberty has done that. Virginia, I mean, I don't know if anyone knows what they're doing in football with talent evaluation, but even before NIL was a big deal, they mined the transfer portal in Virginia basketball. I understand there's disdain out there, particularly from a lot of Virginia fans because it's an academic-minded school, but don't forget they got Braxton Key, a, a key member, pun intended here, of course, for their national championship team in 2019 came from the transfer portal they lost a couple of guys 
in um, Casey Morsell to NC State, and then the transfers to Georgia, Jabri Abdurrahim and McCoy, who went from Virginia to North Carolina. Morsell has had a good career at State. The other two never really fanned, played, panned out and produced. But meanwhile, Virginia replaced them with transfers, and you could argue Armand Franklin and Jaden Garter at least got Virginia as far as those players' talents would allow them to get and compromised a roster in a transition period in sports. So just keep that in the back of your mind. But there is also the element to Kennedy Charles and the transfer and a chance for us to look into what he said and what he meant here in the fast lane. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field, but for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So Kennedy Charles, he spoke with the Liberty Flames Sports Network podcast the other day, Flame Central podcast, and we had Emily Austin, who was part of that interview with us yesterday in the fast lane. But Kennedy Charles, here's a chance for us to help decipher what Kennedy Charles said and then if you're not deep into the weeds of college athletics, and let's be honest, it's part of our job here at the Virginia Talk Radio Network in the Fast Lane to know what's going on. Not just to rely on other people, but to do some research ourselves. I know, foreign concept to some out there, but it is what it is for us. Kennedy Charles, here's what he said about what he wanted versus blocking out the noise of what other people wanted. Coach Chowell coming into the program definitely helped um, me staying here, um, but... But, like, I didn't want to leave at all for some reason. Like, mm. everybody had an opinion of sure. thinking I should have left, board. but I feel like Liberty is where I need to be. Yeah. 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 Like it, yeah. It just felt natural being here. Like, I don't have to do, like, I don't have to act like somebody I'm not. Kennedy Charles. Obviously, there's the personal side of things. And, again, it felt natural enough for him to, I would say, probably spurn bigger money offers from other programs to stick at Liberty. And yes, they've got the Flames Rising Collective and it's done a really good job. And I, truthfully, between that and the facilities, Liberty's at the top of the mountain, pun intended, of course, from a pow- from a group of five standpoint. They're not power five level. You just you have to be there to have that level of prestige and capability. But we know Liberty's there. We know that there were co- schools and other conferences when realignment was happening a few years ago that actually were worried about Liberty joining because of the financial resources at Liberty University. So it's there, and the fan base can pony up, and they've started to do that. Same level as an Alabama or a USC or a Miami? No, don't kid yourself. But it is different. And then you realize that, and let's not kid ourselves. Players have always talked about that. Players have known for years which schools would pay under the table and where the lines could be drawn in terms of what you get and where you could go. Trust me, I've heard stories from most every major college football and college basketball program over the years. At some level, to some extent, what you can get away with and what you can't. I never had an issue with the money. When it's Penn State stuff with Joe Paterno and the cover-up with Jerry Sandusky, that's a problem. Baylor and Art Bryles and the Bryles family with all the sexual assaults, uh, that's not a, a good thing either. Obviously, that's a problem. But when it's talking about raw business transactions, doesn't bother me. But you're not kidding yourself either. I- I've been in this before too, where some people have said, you got to go to the highest bidder in media no matter what. Look, I, I will go if somebody offered me you know, quadruple or put 10 times or 20 times my salary. Of course, it'd be tempting. 
if I had the same role with those responsibilities. It's a supply and demand thing. It's easy to find people that want to be on the sports media side of things, which means there's a lot of supply out there, which depresses the demand and the salary asking price of people in the sports media side. Trey knows this. I know this. Management and ownership know it. It's not like this is a secret here. But it's the same thing in sports. Well, people know that. Sometimes it's money and other things. I think for Kennedy Charles, that's kind of what he's getting at is, okay, money's a factor. It is a factor. Again, I've heard this story before that it's been difficult for him to, to have his family members see his games. He's Haitian, from Florida, not from the most well-off family. It's, you know, just it is what it is. Plenty of players come from this background. And yet, it, he's stuck with Liberty. So there, I think money's a factor, but it's not the only factor. And that's him making a grown-up decision, which is really hard compared to what other people want. And then there's also this element to it. And I've heard this story as well from others, and that is everything sounds good until it's not. Like uh, in a football aspect, I just like, um, I felt like uh, this was the best program for me to play yeah. at. And, um, and playing the seasons I already had here, just um, I had a good foundation where, um, where I'm at right now. So yeah. I didn't want to leave that and just go somewhere brand new that you don't know what you were right. necessarily walking into because... Um, it's all, it all sound pretty until it's not. And the reason why that makes sense from Kennedy Charles on the Liberty Flame Sports Network's Flame Central podcast is I've heard these stories before. You know, I don't know what Trey has heard. I've heard them regarding a number of situations where players were promised X financially, whether it's money, room and board, nice houses, of course, cars, other things, a combination of that. And then they enter the portal, and once they enroll in a school, and it's a lot harder to transfer that second time and be immediately eligible, eh, what they see is not always great, and they don't go for it. Now, you can get out of it. We saw that with guys like, well, all the North Carolina defensive backs, it seemed, Cameron Kelly and others, who, you know, half of them, like, transferred to a school in the offseason. Kelly from North Carolina to Virginia and now to Louisville. God, that guy's going to be representing, like, every school at the ACC football kickoff if he's there this coming July. We got to get an interview with that guy, by the way. Hey, what's it like in each of the programs? God, he could break down the conference better than most of the handicappers could. But jokes about that aside, you know, players are wising up to this. They're not stupid. So there's that part. But still, you're dealing with a lot of snake oil salesmen. Not everybody. Don't get me wrong. Don't consider that for a second. But it is the truth of this matter. And that's part of why it's just to contextualize everything and why we continue to mention what Kennedy Charles has said to the Flame Central podcast and how it's relevant to just the bigger landscape in college athletics. And then there's the whole idea of, you know, perception versus reality when it comes to administrators and how they're handling it in schools and you know, which ones are up to date and which ones are not. And some of that ties into this and some of them don't. But if you're a program, you'd hope your school has that. And I, I don't know about JMU and Old Dominion as much as those other programs out there, but I can say confidently Liberty's you know, in a very good spot, I would say. For a group of five program, they're not power five. It is different, but they're in a good spot for a group of five program. Everyone knows about their resources just drive by the campus. But the money money side and the access to funds for their collective as well. Virginia Tech and Virginia, they're both in a good spot. Are they positioned to get into bidding wars again with billionaire boosters like Miami and Oregon have with El Presidente John Ruiz and Phil Knight at Oregon? Not really. Or the SEC or Big Ten schools if slash win players become employees and they can, again, adjust their entire business model. No, no, none of the Virginia schools are positioned for that because none of them are in the SEC or the Big Ten. But you at least have a presence and you're at least not burying your head 
in the sand. Just like you shouldn't be burying your head in the sand of your backyard, your yard shouldn't have sand. It should have great grass. And the place to go to make sure you have great grass is Overstreet Ace Hardware. Two locations, 221 and Forest, and Lakeside Drive in Lynchburg. They have certified Central Virginia grass seed blend, specifically designed for this area, to make sure your lawn doesn't have sand, doesn't have dirt patches, anything else. You can maximize its lush looks with Overstreet Ace Hardware. So stop by and see them today. And of course, they have a helpful, knowledgeable staff. It's not people that were just hired because they were the cheapest employees and they needed front-facing people and they don't really know what they're talking about. That's the big box stores. It's different at Overstreet Ace Hardware. Lakeside Drive, Lynchburg, 221 in Forest. Uh, we have gotten some feedback on this. Um, I'm amazed, by the way, that a man that goes by the name of Hater Hassan to some, Haymaker Hassan to others, but... Friend of Richie Longshots at a sea of red.com or maybe enemy um, chimed in. Frenemy. Frenemy. Yes. Trey, I like that. There you go. Chad Hassan chimed in. Ed gets it. Well, not always, but maybe in this case, I'd like to think so. Great taking a huge shout out to the Flames Rising Collective. That's what's making a huge impact for plenty of players, including folks like Kennedy Charles. So weigh into that, whatever you will, but uh, it does back this up. And then the part as well where. I'd back it. I'd say you have to back up what Jonathan adds on the Kennedy Charles situation, which is just remember our popular saying at LU. It's different on the mountain. That was something Hugh Freeze leaned into, and Jamie Chadwell is doing the same, and most of the coaches have. It's been one of those, you know, cliche rallying cries for a program. But it is something that if you're willing to back it up, that's the case. Obviously, resource wise, Liberty has never had an issue with that with facilities and staff members and all the amenities for a student-athlete experience. But if anything, the direction's already shifting because if players can just flat-out make money, you know, they've said it before, college facilities are often better than pro facilities because the pros, where's that money going? It's going to the players. In college, they find a way to keep that money to themselves because they weren't allowed to pay players for a long period of time. And again, old stodgy administrators, they've fallen behind and it's been an issue. Ones that have been willing to adapt and change, that has been quite different but at the end of the day you know what talks dollar dollar bills y'all and that's ultimately how you have to allocate your resources uh we've had a couple of other bits of feedback by the way that have come in on just a multitude of different topics so we want to get to those today before we basically turn into a version of celebrity deathmatch i don't know if you ever saw that show back in the day Trey. i did i did and it's okay. I, I have a death match with Brian Nolan every day. That is exactly what this show is about to become at 5.30 p.m. Because Trey and Brian are going to be bickering five, like my yeah, twin four-year-old boys. And I'm going to have to be dad again and sit here and try to break this thing up. So we can actually talk some NASCAR with Brian Nolan of FrenchStretch.com. And he managed to be safe unlike one of his colleagues. Who, unfortunately for he, the colleague did not have Amherst Garage. More on them momentarily because there's a, a cool story about that a little bit later in the fast lane. But here's another bit of feedback as well. Matt has chimed in, and we appreciate this. Um, it is a totally different sport, but we're jumping around to some of your feedback because we've been overdue for it. For context, I just ran a 440 mile the other day. Four minutes and 40 seconds, which is fantastic, by the way. Is that faster than you? Uh, yeah, by far. Um, I mean, I've, I've gotten about 459, 458, and that's in the middle of a race when I have just mashed the gas of my body and sometimes it blows up in my face sometimes it doesn't uh the times it hasn't that's when i've, I've flirted with that five minute mile mark but you know no 440 that's way ahead of me 
Matt adds, though, it's a bit short of my goal for the low 430s, but it's fun to push the pace. Um, and I, you know, he said, if I held that pace for the five miler coming up on Independence Day, um, it might only happen right after I sign my pro contract, which is unlikely to come because there needs to be better awareness and representation within the running community for monetary wages. So I'll, I'll provide a little bit of context on this. I love running as much as anybody. I respect most every sport out there that takes skill. This is not the show you're going to go to and you're going to be like, I can't believe it's really a sport. Okay, I mean, even WWE, which is designed, contrived entertainment, does take some level of athletic skill and capability. It's not my thing. It's scripted. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. It is what it is. But I can at least admit that there's a level of training and athleticism that goes into that. Even in other sports, there's not much cardio in a sport like golf. I mean, you can kind of be overweight. Look at John Daly for years. But then there are a lot of athletes that do put a lot of work in. Look at most modern golfers who train like athletes, not the John Daly style training. And it's paid off very well and handsomely for them. And folks of all different disciplines in between. And, and that's one of the cool things with sports. But here's the thing. It is a supply and demand thing. And at the end of the day, I love running as much as anybody. But I run and play tennis. You tell me which one I'm going to watch. It's tennis. You give me the choice of which one I'm going to watch as far as events, it'd probably be neither one if they go up against football or men's college basketball or women's college basketball or other sports. I mean, I, maybe tennis is a little bit different because I, I will sit down and watch a lot of those matches regardless. But the reality is, is it's a supply and demand thing. And, and yes, it is amazing because I have this conversation with another fast runner, a guy who in his heyday was faster than this Matt that was talking but has been dealing with injuries right now. And it, he was a guy that was a, a top 10 team in, he was an All-American caliber runner at William & Mary back in the day. And maybe I'm outing the guy, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. He was a heck of a runner back in the day. Um, and he's real talented, and if his health comes back, he could still whoop me pretty easily. But the reality is, is we were talking about it, not, you know, joking about you know, the idea of going pro, and he compared it, you know, the 32nd best runner in the world is scraping by to make a living. They're lucky to make $75,000. The 32nd best draft pick and the NBA or the NFL draft was guaranteed a contract in the millions of dollars, whether they even pan out or not. And part of that is supply and demand. Look, again, I love running, but plenty of people don't just line up to watch races all the time. We do it because you love it. You do it because it's fun, but that's a big difference from actually being a monetary thing. So I get Matt's point to a degree. There's a supply and demand element to running and the interest in it, but I mean, you know, the supply is and demand really doesn't dictate that there's a lot of demand for running. So, I might as well just start, by the way, here in the fast lane, breaking up other arguments. So, Trey and I are clearly... Wait a minute. All right, go I, ahead, I, we, I've waited long enough. I've waited, like, almost 20 minutes. By the way, hold up. If listeners want to weigh in, Trey Lau VT, Twitter and Instagram. Why are you fast not... Fast lane, Edley, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Why are you not, like, you know, you know, like, like front stretch boss Tom Bowles celebrating, you know, praising the heavens. James Harden has requested a trade from the Philadelphia 76ers instead of signing a 500 or a $250 million extension. Trey, I know the answer to this question is no. Are you that dumb? I am aware the answer is no. But we did post that if we get to this after our chat with Brian Nolan, there will be a fast five at five-ish. I understand that, but you didn't, you didn't mention it at all. You haven't mentioned it at all. You, you, I, you're, you, I, as a, I am really excited about there this. There we news. go. 
So yes. If you want to see the mock trades I've already started and made on the trade machine while you were talking about running, because uh, if anyone has seen me in person, I don't really have a runner's body to say. Uh, at Trailow VT, I've made uh, at least three proposed trades through the glorious uh, name redacted trade machine. <laughs> oh, I love it! By That's the way, my favorite Trey. part of this year. I know we're about to talk the LeBron Jordan debate, so we can talk basketball. But my favorite thing to do this time of year is just, you know, I'm kind of like Bill Simmons. I like to whip up the trade machine and see how weird we can get. You love doing that type of stuff. And again, a topic for a different time. We may hold on off on this, but how the new collective bargaining agreement in the NBA is impacting trades and the ability to make them more feasible. It's going to be, you know. I'll use this from Andrew Brandt, who is proclaimed to be a Jewish individual in sports media, and has mentioned that, you know, it used to be a yarmulke, the NBA's salary cap, a soft cap. Now it has turned to a baseball cap. It's not quite a helmet, the way the NFL's cap is, but it's harder than it used to be, which I overall think is good for eh, the game. Baseball but, really doesn't have a cap. No, it, it really doesn't. I mean, if you got a lot enough money, you can blow your way through a luxury tax payment. Look at the Mets. Yes. So anyway, we put this off long enough. Les has weighed in and wants our feedback. So I am trying to delay the upcoming celebrity death match between Trey and Brian momentarily uh, from frontstretch.com, the two colleagues there. But Les has added, I'm a Lakers fan, first and foremost. And everyone has their opinion of who's the greatest player of all time. For the, for the record, by the way, I do not like this debate. I understand it's popular. I am not naive to that. But I've always thought Michael Jordan is more like Kobe Bryant. Win at all costs, killer mentality on the court, all the preparation. It's there for Magic Johnson and LeBron James, but their skill sets are entirely different and their focus outside of basketball, I think was much serious and much better. All jokes about you know LeBron, the GM as a player aside, he's had successful business interests outside. 23-11 racing looks to be good, but Michael Jordan in other areas eh, leaves something to be questioned with regards to that. Michael jo- or Magic Johnson as well, by and large, pretty successful business person. Much like <laughs> very LeBron successful. James. Wait a minute. Magic very Johnson successful. is a very successful business. Very successful. It was there for Kobe. God rest his soul before his passing, but not to the same level of LeBron or Magic. Body armor which was is, a good investment by Kobe. It most definitely was. But here's the thing. Less ads. I'm a Lakers fan. Everyone has their opinions of who's the greatest of all time. It depends on what era you lived in, I'm sure, that justifies your opinion. Each of these guys was great and deserving of the praise. I remember Chamberlain and Russell as a youngster in the end of their careers. The other three, I was blessed to see their entire careers with LeBron still achieving now. But for me, MJ was that dude, even said as a Lakers fan. There was something special about his competitiveness that separates him from the rest. He took a terrible Bulls team to six titles and won 10 scoring titles what? in the process. Wait. Again, respect everyone's opinion, but MJ was that dude to me as a Laker fan. Did he just say a terrible Bulls team to six titles? They were nothing before Michael Jordan arrived. Okay, and they've been nothing since. Which same, thing goes, same thing goes for the Cavs. I mean, like... <laughs> Okay, well, okay, but, but I, here's where I'm going to nitpick, Trey. But, but he's saying those teams itself were terrible. They had three Hall of Famers on it, and, like, the greatest defensive player of all time and the greatest rebounder of all time. Like, like, come on. Like, that's you can't say they were terrible teams. He had Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman for half the time. Trey, And Trey, the greatest coach Paul, ever. Trey, you you got you to give me a second to, to get some points in. I, I know you're passionate about your guy, LeBron, and you I want to squash ta- any theory about Michael Jordan. Hear me, hear me out, though, on this. The Bulls were a horrible franchise before and a horrible franchise afterwards. 
that does speak to Michael Jordan and his ability to elevate them. They were nothing before and nothing after. You referenced the Cleveland Cavaliers with, with LeBron James, and that's fair and reasonable because they have never really been well run whether LeBron was there or not. But here, here's the reality. The Lakers and Heat, by and large, have been good before, and uh, you can't say Lakers after LeBron good because we haven't gotten there, but the Lakers were obviously dynastic and great before LeBron got there, have had many years of success. Miami, they have had success before and after LeBron James. Not the same level of success after LeBron James, but they've shown they can build a winning franchise and maximize culture. So I do think it's different in that regard mm. comparing the two. I will also say this. I get your theory, and if you're 100% right. About who's a better basketball player. Neither LeBron, neither LeBron nor Michael Jordan have been great general managers themselves. And Michael Jordan had to be held back by Phil Jackson and that group. And Michael Jordan hated management with the Bulls. But they do do a better job assembling a roster than Michael Jordan has done at any point in his NBA career as a player or executive. I know that's a very low bar to clear because he's been horrible at that. But he at least stepped back enough. LeBron wants to be a visionary, tries to dabble more in it. And the most success he's had, I will again reiterate, was in Miami when it was Pat Riley who said, no, I'm not getting rid of Eric Spolstra. This is how I'm building the organization. It's my organization. Spolstra's the right guy to be the coach, and it'll prove itself out over time. And ultimately, Spolstra being a great coach has proven itself out over time. So there is an element to nitpick. Again, you're looking at you know, two of the greatest players of all time comparing this. So Fans weigh in. Wait, so your point, one of your points that you're saying, Mike, Michael Jordan's a better basketball player than LeBron is because Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson? Like, no, that, that's dumb. I'm saying Michael Jordan got the most out of his ability to win and could win so, consistently in the clutch and uh, gave enough room to manage okay, you know to who has the, the most, together. You know who has the most buzzer beaters in, in playoff history? It's LeBron James. You know who has the most clutch points in NBA playoff history? It's also LeBron James. So the clutch argument's a little dumb. He has, no pun intended, by the way, with clutch. Uh, that's a good one there. But <laughs> LeBron, LeBron literally has, like, if you look at all the, cr- the clutch stats in the history of basketball, LeBron beats Jordan in those. So if you want to go by stats, LeBron is a better clutch basketball player. See, and I, I am not just a stats guy. And, and the key word he, that, that Wes emphasized is competitiveness. And I 100% get it. That's the hardest thing to quantify is that. It, there is something seeing it and sensing it and maybe being a competitor myself. I, I kind of sense and see that. And that's not a knock on you, Trey, because I think some people are not don't compete in sports but can also see that. But that is the one thing. So, again, that's not to necessarily be a personal knock on you. But, like, competing, you can certainly see when people know how to elevate their game. And LeBron's been great at it. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This guy is still one of the best basketball players of all time. You're comparing the best of all time. It's one and two. I mean, it, it realistically is. And, you know, let's not kid ourselves. They're both very, very good players. And I think the key point of all of this is some of it is generational. I've seen both of them play during their generations. Most of yours has been LeBron, who is still exceptional and has gotten dumped on because of prior year's failures. But LeBron has consistently made finals after finals after finals after finals, has lost more than Michael Jordan, who never lost in the finals. He was a perfect six for six. But lost in the first round. But did have other exits at that point. Now, I would go with Michael Jordan... LeBron James, but again, it's a narrow debate, and people love to so, weigh in, and Les is a great listener, so we appreciate that. I appreciate that, Les. Can I give my like three points about LeBron? Because I just kind of went at Les for saying he took bad Bulls teams where they were really good teams. They were some of the greatest teams ever. All right. LeBron James, By I think— By the way, 
Make it fairly fast because we got celebrity deathmatch coming. Uh, who cares? It's Brian. Uh, LeBron, LeBron James has had the greatest single career, I would argue, in the history of sports. When you look at the fact that he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 15, and Bob Costas basically said, you know, if he, he doesn't become a Hall of Famer, his career is a failure, and he's exceeded that. Two, statistically, I don't think there's an argument. He's going to be the all-time. He's the all-time leading scorer. He's going to be top five in assists and top ten in rebounds. Like, that's incredible. And at the end of the day, if aliens descend upon planet Earth and you could pick one player in his prime, why am I not going to pick the guy that's six nine, two fifty, and can do anything he wants on the basketball court, guard any position, and is an elite passer, a above-average shooter at his best, and a the maybe the best finisher at the rim in terms of his strength. That's the subjective part because I thought Michael Jordan, much like Kobe Bryant, were the better fighters out of the bunch in terms of just they will literally kill you and run over you to win. Um, but again, it's 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 a negligible difference. Six six one ninety eight to six nine two fifty is a big difference. I mean, theoretically on size wise, yes. But if you watch Michael Jordan as a player. And the craftiness and the intelligence. And you got to be somewhat of a competitor to go to 10 straight NBA finals and like just do it again and again and again. And let's not forget, the single greatest individual game probably in the history of basketball was in a loss when he dropped 51 in game one of the NBA finals and almost beat probably the greatest basketball team ever assembled, which was the 2017 Warriors with, uh, you know, obviously Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Kevin Durant. And he dropped 51. And if J.R. Smith just looked at a a clock, they would have won that game. I mean, there is J.R. Smith. They weren't going to win that series, though. That they was were, if the he won, reality. Like, but if, the, if they won that game, he dropped 51. Like, he dropped against that team. Like, there was no team ever assembled in the history of basketball with one focus. It was beat the LeBron James, like those Warriors teams were. Like, that's the thing. Like, Warriors were doing that, though, without Kevin Durant, regardless. Anyway, we have got to get to Celebrity Death They match. weren't going to win that series. If they didn't have Kevin Durant. They, they easily could have. They still no. have the rest of the core, which is fantastic. Yeah. Meanwhile, the LeBron GM organization no. okay, of but the when Lakers. Was, Draymond Trey, Green. Trey, we, we got to get to a break. I okay. know you're passionate about this, but we got to get to a break. I, I will I will rest my case. You rest your case. I'm going to rest mine. For now. For now, yes. LeBron James, if he had gotten out of the way and let a real GM do his job as opposed to the LA Clutches trying to assemble, or excuse me, the Cleveland Clutches at that time, trying to assemble a roster they would have actually gotten over the top a little bit more. But LeBron has to show what a visionary well, he is, helpful. a great individual. Oh, he's visionary. He can do so many things. I thought we were that ending our points LeBron, here. LeBron, Trey, uh, yeah. I'm wrapping it up. That's who LeBron James okay. also is, and sometimes it does get in the way. Much like we've gotten in the way of Brian Nolan. Not the first time either, uh, but he's safe, unlike one of his colleagues from FrontStretch.com, who is safe but not his car. That's still to return here in the fast lane on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. <laughs> 